0: You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Thanks for joining us on the Renewed You podcast. We're here to help you discover how mental, physical, and spiritual health combine to help you
1: live your best life. We want to give you hope, tools, and encouragement because the world needs a renewed you. Now, here's your host, John Ewell.
0: Hey, 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 everybody, welcome to the next edition of the Renewed You podcast, where we are continuing our journey in getting healthy physically mentally and spiritually so we can live the life god designed us to live and i'm so glad that you're with us today we're going to have discuss a topic that is incredibly important to me that literally had has changed my life and and i'm excited for us to dive into it today but before we do I've got a special co-host with me. I gave Jeremy Griffin the day off and decided to have my dad co-host with me today. How are you doing, Pop?
2: I'm doing awesome, man. Doing great.
0: Well, you're looking good, buddy. Uh, Thank
2: you. I feel good. Do you really? Do you feel good? I do. So why do you feel so good? What what does Uh, that mean for you? I'm a spirit man, living out of my spirit, uh, communicating with the Lord, enjoying His fellowship. Uh, I'm in the world, but not of the world, so... Uh, I'm not uh, into fear and and, uh, uh, anxiety and everything that the world is uh, being run by today. I have got over that a few years ago and learned to just rest in the Lord and walk with Him every day and know that uh, I live in two worlds at the same time, a natural world and a spiritual world. And if I learn to be more spiritual, then the natural doesn't affect me. (laughs) Uh, Though I may feel it, I may experience it, it doesn't change who I am inside, right? Right.
0: Well, you know, we're still at the time of this recording, we're... Uh, Somehow, still in the midst of this pandemic and there are so many people living in fear. And I think one of the reasons that fear is driving us is because nobody knows who to listen to anymore. I mean, it's like every voice that speaks that has an opinion on shot, no shot, you know, this, this medicine, this medicine, whatever. Nobody knows who to listen to. And I just think that's a, um, manifestation of an even deeper confusion that, um, you know, it's not about who's on the the television or the computers or whatever that we should question who we listen to. But there's a bigger voice that we need in our life. And, yeah. and that's really what we want to talk about right. today. So I'm glad you're with me. I know communicating with uh, God was very important yeah. to you. Today, we've got a uh, lady that I'm excited for us to hear her story and see where our conversation goes. And uh, I guess, Dad, actually, you know her really better than I do. So why don't you introduce
2: her? <laughs> well, we're talking about a lady, a wonderful godly lady, Rebecca Shirey, who's married to Lou Shirey. And uh, we got connected with him through our uh, denominational prayer ministry. And uh, they've been leading us for a number of years. And uh, Annie and I, my my wife, who's now with Jesus, have had the privilege of uh, being in various uh, venues with Lou and Becky over the years in prayer and um, just uh, uh, other events that help inspire us to walk closer to the Lord, to come to discover Christ. and So I've always valued Becky. She's a wonderful speaker, and um, we're going to talk about a book she wrote. It's, it's a powerful book, I think, uh, that reveals her and Lou's journey and how they uh, learned to uh, uh, God's voice, and it's brought them to where they are today, which is uh, quite, uh, quite an extensive journey when you read the book. But So, Becky, we welcome you today, and so glad for you and uh, the influence you have had on my life, and uh, you and Lou together. So, we bless you today. Just excited to hear your story as we go through this podcast.
0: Yes, we are. Thank so, Miss Shirey, why don't you just start at the beginning? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Well, I um, grew up in South Carolina and Lou grew, my husband Lou grew up in the military, in the army community. Uh, But he, he said that Alabama is his home. That was his home of record. And so we met in Georgia. And so we came in two different directions, met, got engaged at that time while we were at school. And um, then Lou went through seminary after we were married. And we went straight into the military after that, the army chaplaincy. And we spent 26 years uh, during Lou's career as an army chaplain. And we loved it. I loved the military. We have moved a lot. Uh, In fact, I guess when we moved into our home we are in now, it was move number 39. Wow. So, we're kind of used to moving around, but the story I write about in Sight and Seeing is a particular God-called period. When uh, God asks us, well, first of all, I prayed, and I felt that stirring for something more with the Lord. Uh, something greater than what I had experienced before. Although we were, I was a believer from a young age and I knew God spoke to us. I had heard him speak already, but it was that point in my life where God did a holy stirring in, I guess you could say, our nest and began to uh, work in us to help us pray the prayer he intended to answer. And that prayer for me was, Lord, increase my faith and do whatever you have to do. Wow. Lord, give me a brand new testimony. I did not know what that meant. I had no idea. (laughs) But I prayed that. Now, I had prayed to increase my faith plenty of times. Sure. But the Lord knows when you really mean it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and at that point, I really meant to, I was hungry for more. And um, Lou was praying about faith as well. We were in, actually, he had retired from the military. He was uh, in attendance at a uh, doctorate of ministry degree at Asbury uh, Seminary in Wilmore, Kentucky. So that's where we were at the time. And I had been—one of the reasons I prayed that prayer is I had been influenced by some of the international students who were in the same program as Lou. And it was obvious to me that their lives of faith were very different than ours. There was a passion and a need uh, for faith there as a person in another country, one from Guatemala, one from Uganda. And when I heard their stories, it really stirred within me something and a desire for more than I had at that particular time. Although we had lived with the Lord, we'd ministered, we had had a long career in ministry, but there was just something about that time. And I had read that someone said, sometimes when God wants to do something special in your life, something more in your life, He will move us out of our comfort zone and into another setting. Sometimes that happens. And so as we retired and now Lou is a student at Asbury Seminary, and there were 20, I guess, 19 other pastors in this program. It was pretty exclusive and we lived together, and um, uh, they went to school together, we traveled together, and so we had a lot of time to focus on these international students and uh, their lives of faith. One other thing is that we all lived on a cul-de-sac, and the families were there as well. It wasn't just the pastor, we lived together as families. And that stirring happened. And then when Lou and I got to the end of that year of residency and another group of students were coming in to occupy the Beeson Circle there, um, we were one of the few or maybe the only pastor in that program who couldn't go back to where they came from. <laughs> uh, some of the pastors went back to their their churches had taken a sabbatical year. They were being reassigned. Uh, we did have a student who uh, changed his citizenship from Northern Ireland to the United States and um, <clears throat> and also changed his denomination. So there were a lot of changes that happened. But we <clears throat> were going to have to do something very different, we felt when we came into this program that um, we were going to have a retooling for ministry in a different place in a different setting, and we were right because <laughs> yeah. the Lord did that, and when I prayed that prayer in a, on an October afternoon, um, we began to really think about the next place for us by that um Winter and January, February, March, and we had opportunities. We had a large church invite us to go on staff, and it would have been a wonderful thing. But by then, we were so focused on what God was doing that, um, and we were listening to Him, and we felt strongly that that was not the opportunity for us. And we got some counsel which is an important thing and
0: hey stop right there hold on let's talk because you hit a buzzword so um, take a moment when you say you needed some counseling what what do you what can you dive into that for a little bit how did counseling help you what was it about
3: yeah we were listening to god we felt we heard him to say this Particular church is not going to be the place where you go. We were open to hearing what was next. <clears throat> and we felt like we needed wise guidance yeah. from people who had been mentored in, mentors in our lives, who had had an important place in our lives. And we had heard their voice of wisdom before we knew their life in the Spirit we knew they listened and heard from God. And so we called them. And the woman, it was a couple, we were talking to both of them to share with them what we were sensing and to see guidance that they would give us. And I remember the, the woman, her name is Barbara, um, pointed to Proverbs 16, actually the last verse and that verse says, um, "When the lot is ca- the lot that is cast into the lap, is every um, uh, intention is for is for the Lord." Something like that. I'm really paraphrasing that verse, um, and it it means that things that seem to be happenstance, right, really are direction from the Lord, and so we. Uh, that was an alert to our ears. That was good counsel. We prayed with them. And then the very next day, Lou uh, bumped into someone who said that they knew a couple looking for someone to house sit in the community of Wilmore, where the school is. And I had already said to Lou, if the Lord has not spoken specifically to us, then we don't move until He does. Mm we stay put until we hear something, some direction or guidance from the Lord. And um, so that's what we did. We lived in this home, house that for a couple. We prayed a lot that summer. We fasted. We, we just wanted to be more sensitive about spiritual things, more sensitive to hearing God's voice. And toward the end of the summer, when this couple that we were house-sitting for were coming back to the school uh, for, for their last year of seminary, Lou's parents called us and asked us to come to Alabama. And he was pastoring a church, and um, he was going to face some surgery, so he wondered if we would, for a temporary time, come there and just take over the church for them, give them a little rest, and help him through that time of surgery. And so that's what we did. And so I prayed that prayer for the Lord to increase my faith in October of 1998. And this is now October of
1: 1999.
3: Mm -hmm. And I'm reading Scripture, the place where I had left off reading. Mm -hmm. I'm reading in Exodus and I came to the very last chapter of Exodus, and almost the last verse, the next to the last verse, and that verse said, when the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel set out, and they did not set out until the day it lifted. And that verse was like a lightning bolt (laughs) to me. In a way that it it comes off the page, it's lit up. It's um it, there's an aura there that and and a adrenaline rush that I knew in that particular verse God was speaking. And then he said something personally to me. He alerted me with that verse, and then he said, and I am quoting him. This is a complete <laughs> sentence. He said, uh, you and Lou are like the Israelite children, and when the cloud moves, you move. Wow. Yeah. That's what he said to me. It wasn't an external voice, but it was internally audible. If that makes any sense.
1: Sure.
3: Mm-hmm. Word for word, but it was more than just the words that God spoke because He communicated something. In layers to me, when he said what he did, I knew that uh, after after our retirement, our household goods, the bulk of our possessions were in storage it went, because when we moved to Asbury, it was a furnished townhouse, mm-hmm. so we only bought brought things that we needed to get by like cooking and uh, bedding and things like that. So we don't have our furniture. So we're in, in Alabama. I'm listening to God. He's spoken to me. And I knew that we were to put the personal things that we had into a small midsize car and that we were to listen to Him and we were to go where He said for us to go, to whom He said, And for whatever reason, he said, "Yeah." (laughs) I didn't know exactly what that meant, but the Lord had spoken so forcefully. um, I heard, I've heard someone say once that the clearer the communication, the more difficult the task. And I wonder if that was true, because he had just really clearly communicated to me. And so... I spoke to Lou. I told him, I said, this is what has happened to me this afternoon. And the Lord spoke to him in that moment. He understood that I really had heard the voice of God. He never questioned that. I never questioned what I heard. Yeah. And, um, and so we waited. What, does, what in the world does a cloud move look like?
1: Hmm.
3: <laughs> what does that mean? How am I going to recognize what to do? So the very next week, I attended a prayer gathering. Uh, it was a group of women intercessors. And Barbara, the, the lady I mentioned before, um, it was at her home. And so I had um, the opportunity to meet some women, and we prayed about various issues. And for the first time since I had heard God say what He did about our, our journey with Him, um... I was able to verbalize it, yeah. And I was able to just to put it into words and ask for prayer and counsel at that at that time. And they did pray for us. But afterward, I had a lady come up to me and say, "I think you're supposed to come to our house in Conyers, Georgia, and house sit for us." And I just could not take that in. I, I just. I was very nice to her, and I remember touching her on the arm and, said, and say something like, "That's so sweet of you." Yeah. And I went back to Alabama and I told Lou, and by then we have connected what God said to the prayer to increase our faith, and huh. so we knew we were in for a an amazing journey. But uh, you know how to recognize that first move. I mean, what does he?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: How was that going to look? Yep. And I told Lou about the lady who, who said what she did, and we both just kind of shook our heads and marveled at it because we really thought that cloud moon was going to be dramatic. Yeah. Not not house-sitting for someone. <laughs> sure. And taking care of a dog. That's basically what we were asked to do.
0: You know, that there's somebody There's probably somebody listening to this story right now, and they're thinking, this person sounds like a gypsy. I mean, they're just kind of floating around from one. I mean, you grew up in in that era. I mean, uh, can you talk for just a second then pitch it back to her about, you know, she's talking about living by the voice of God, but for somebody outside of the circle of Christianity, it kind of might sound like a gypsy kind of thing,
2: doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because to be a part of this natural world, you know, we're, we're taught to plan. We're, ta- we're taught to set everything in order. What's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? You know, uh, lay it all out ahead of you and then follow that plan. And if it doesn't work, make adjustments to it. So everything's sort of uh, our volition and our will being in control mm-hmm. versus what Becky's mm-hmm. talking about and what really the life of faith in Christ and the Holy Spirit is surrendering our will to His will. And then, going on this journey that uh, and that sort of uh, gets to the sight unseen uh, book that Becky wrote, which is a fascinating story uh, of how they just learned to follow the cloud, just follow the impressions or, of the Holy Spirit and you know, I was thinking, Becky, as you were talking of course, I know some background with you and Lou and and where you're at and the platform you're on now in the in the body of Christ in the kingdom of God and, and I'm thinking if I recall uh, this Connors, Georgia appointment, uh, initially a house and a dog. Yeah. But he was really connecting you to the people. He was connecting you to somebody Mm -hmm. that's going to even open up a broader platform Mm -hmm. for your giftings. Uh, it's just amazing to me. I, I said before, and I learned this when I went through this transformational thing, that God is a great setup artist. Um, our yeah. tendency is, and I want you to sort of unpack the title here, but our tendency is from the natural, oh, if we can see the next step, we'll take it. But that's not the way God works.
0: And we also, what she hit on was really good, though. Um, I think um, for those of us that are endeavoring to be Christ followers, um, we think when God speaks, it's going to be some big, huge right. thing, and we don't realize there is a scripture in the Bible, folks, <laughs> and it's amazing if we'll just listen. You know, everybody wants to be a ruler over much, but nobody wants to take the time to be a ruler over the little, and some of that is the little things he tells you to do. Um, and, I mean, so here they tell you to go, and you're going to house sit and watch a dog, and yet you had no idea what was on the other side, right? Yeah.
3: I had no idea. And the Lord was so gracious to us that at this first house we, are the third one, depending on how you look at it, <laughs> um, that we were, it, they, this is a couple, their names are Glenn and Jackie. And so Jackie had issued this invitation. We had never met Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. They are still so important in our lives today. Yeah. So God connected us, John's right, with two people. And um, so we move into their house. We finally realized this was from the Lord, which (laughs) is about three weeks. And and I had kind of laughed about it, you know, and then... um, and then three weeks later, I go back to Lou and I said, I, I really think that was the Lord. He's just given us a time to recognize this. Yeah. And so we move into their house. They're on their way to Europe. We uh, I meet Jackie for the third time ever. I'd never met Glenn, neither of us. And so she's taking us through the house, showing us around. They head up a ministry called International Prayer Ministry, still active today in that ministry. And they, Glenn especially does a lot of overseas travel to Thailand and has uh, girls' homes and just many things. And they lived in a a pretty large home. It was almost 5,000 square feet and their whole basement though which was it took up a large part of those square feet was a a prayer library Hmm. it was where their office of their ministry was and so i noticed all the books on prayer yeah and then we go upstairs and they're showing us around and um we are in the kitchen by then and jackie opens a freezer door (laughs) And she says, you will eat the food in the freezer. Now, it wasn't a request. She didn't yeah. say, it would be nice, you should. It's just like, you will.
0: You and will eat frozen so dinners. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it was from a a delivery service that was, yeah. you know, had a really nice food. And it wasn't stuff she put up from her garden, which right. would have been fine if the Lord told us to eat it. but. It, I was a little offended.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because
3: here we were. Now, Lou, I didn't say this. Lou was a full colonel in the army.
2: Yeah.
3: You know, he got saluted. We walked mm-hmm. in the room. People stood up. That had been our life for 26 years. <laughs> and uh, so now, after praying what we did and the Lord's direction, we're going to house sit and take care of a bulldog.
1: <laughs>
3: and So, she's opening the freezer door, and she said, you will eat the food in the freezer. And I said, no, we are not destitute. (laughs) We do not need to eat the food in the freezer. (laughs) And then she said it again, you will eat the food in the freezer. And I refused again. Mm. And then the third time, she quoted scripture. Mm -hmm. And she said, this year, you will eat what grows of itself. And I knew exactly what she was referring to in Scripture because it was from a time in the Israelites when they were uh, being attacked by an enemy. And anyway, during their circumstances, the Lord had told them at at some point they were not to cultivate, but that they were to eat the food that grew of itself in the pastures and in the gardens. Mm -hmm. And so I, I knew the Scripture, and at that moment, when I was connecting the two, I realized that this was part of the faith journey, mm-hmm. that the Lord was telling us that during this year, at least, we would eat what um, was provided from no work of our own. It was really a point of dependence on Him. Yeah. We were depending on Him for shelter. We never chose where to go, we listened to him. We depended on him after this revelation from Jackie on the food that we ate. And we, we were, had never been in our minds that dependent because mm. we in America, we have a lot of riches. yeah, yeah. And we fall back on that so often. But we were desperate at this point to hear God's guidance because this was an amazing journey He had opened for us. We had no idea how it was going to unfold, but we knew we were to be there at that first house. And we drove them to the airport. That was our whole um, meeting with them at that time. But I was so attracted to, to that library on prayer and to a magazine that was published by The Navigators at that time called Prey. And I began to choose books on hearing God, mm-hmm. listening to His voice. The Prey magazine had some similar articles, and I began to devour those and began to practice. When I read the book on... Um, Hearing God's Voice by Mary Ruth Swope, Mm -hmm. I realized that she had learned a lot of wisdom of hearing God's voice from closing herself off and having a practice of listening to God. I had never done that. I had prayed a lot of prayers, He had spoken to us, but never that design that I would go into a prayer closet, not to speak, but right. to listen. Right. Mm. And and so that's what I did, I listened. Mm. And <clears throat> I would say he rarely spoke when I was in the <laughs> prayer closet <Yeah>. listening. <laughs> and there were times when I, I had the time. This was a different mm-hmm. circumstance we were in. And I can remember sitting in the prayer closet for two or three hours. Yeah. But I was soaking, Mm -hmm. practicing listening, and then he would speak to me whenever he felt like it. Yeah. And most of the time it was through scripture, not through hunting and pecking, as we sometimes say. It was through my daily reading. And he would, the prayers on my heart, he would echo in what I was reading. That's how he spoke most powerfully. But He also just occasionally just spoke to us. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, besides prayer and listening to God and that practice that I started at that house, is I I wanted to know about faith. And one day I said to the Lord, why did you bring us here to this 5,000-square-foot home, a very generous home? And why did you give us this very nice food to eat? And he said, and th- at this point he spoke to me, it, it, it wasn't through scripture. He said, because I wanted you to know from the very beginning of this journey that the life of faith is not meager, it is generous.
1: hmm Okay.
3: And that was such a lesson to that for me in that first place to know that the life of faith, because before that, I just imagined people living without much income and, you know, just barely scraping by. And he was showing (laughs) us that the abundant life, that the fullness of life that he had for us. And what was um, in, I guess, in John 10 a knowledge that I had that he lives gives us life abundantly mm-hmm. became an, more of an experiential understanding.
2: Right. You know, I, I, just unpacking, uh, thinking uh, about you, have, unpacking this title real quick about sight unseen. That seems like a contradictory statement. Mm-hmm. Sight <laughs> <laughs> unseen. So how did that bo- sort of bubble up in your heart to, to title your book yeah. that? And, and what are you trying to convey by that?
3: Well, um, had a later move, um, we were, Lou and I were down, you know, we always knew when it was time that God was doing something, and we were to move on from wherever we were. And we began to listen to Him for His guidance in the next place. And so we were at another place at that time, and we were down to two days. We, know, we knew we were going to move. It knew it was time to go. But we did not know what His guidance. We had not heard from Him. Yeah. And so on one Monday morning, and I'm, I'm thinking about having only two days and not knowing where in the world we would be, it, it, was, it was panic time. Yeah. I felt like someone who was blind because I lived in the illusion that I could visualize tomorrow.
2: Yeah,
3: I wow. think we live our lives like that. Wow, I would agree. that is a I, that concept. I could actually visualize tomorrow. Yeah. And I said something to Lou that was so insensible. I said, for the first time in my life, I cannot see where I'm going. Mm. I can't see anything in the future. I have no idea in two days where in the world we would be. And just the very thought of moving out from one place and not yet knowing the other it was a scary thing yeah and so lou went into a room to pray and and i was doing the same thing in another room and reading scripture and seeking the lord and lou came back about 30 minutes later and he said becky what is the opposite of sight and i said fear And I thought that was a pretty good answer, because that was what I was experiencing. Yeah, right. And he said, no. I said, well, then it must be doubt or unbelief. (laughs) And he said, no, Becky, we have quoted this scripture our entire lives, and we have never understood it. For we walk by faith, for we live by faith, not by sight. Yeah. And at that point, I felt faith grow. Mm-hmm. Because the Lord had revealed something to me I had not grasped. I lived in that illusion that we could see. right? And I realized that, and we recognized that the opposite of faith was not fear, <laughs> was right. not unbelief. Yeah. It was sight, yes. physical sight.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: And right. that... That was a revelation, and so God brought us to that point of understanding. And when He did, I was actually giddy. I was so excited that He showed us that yeah. it co- it affirmed us in what we were doing. It confirmed something about faith that I had asked for. Increased my faith, right. and I needed that knowledge. Right, and so yeah. we. So that's how the, the, the title Sight Unseen, because we don't, we don't see what is ahead. Yet, faith does, when we move out in obedience, it does produce spiritual vision. Right. But what we get so fearful about is not seeing the physical step. Right. Not knowing that. Um So, the Lord was very gracious to us. A couple we had met briefly tracked us down, now we're living in, we don't have a cell phone, this is before <laughs> that, and we're living in someone else's house with their telephone number, and they track us down somehow and offer us a ski lodge that they had a timeshare and nobody in their family could use it. and. It, we were to be there two days. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so oh, it was just, Jesus. you know, God opened
1: yeah. Yeah. at
3: the last minute something. Now, there were other times during the journey I write about, and it, yeah. it covers about a five- or six-year period, yeah. uh, that we were down to two days not knowing where the Lord was leading, how He was guiding, where our next spot would be. Yeah. Um. But we never really panicked again after he showed us this important verse about living by faith, yeah. not by sight. And I've asked people, I've asked a lot of people, what is the opposite of faith? Yeah, yeah. And mostly they say fear.
1: Right. I would.
3: But yeah. sight is a. <laughs> and why do we? Why does that? Why do we say fear? Well, I asked the Lord that and, and listened for, it was over a year before He spoke to me, but I prayed that prayer often. Why, why do we always say it's fear? How, why have I heard so many sermons on that? Right. And one day He said, fear is your reaction to not seeing. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it made sense to me yeah. that we, what we zero in on is a symptom of not seeing mm-hmm. it's not the opposite of faith. Yeah. You're right. It is the symptom of not seeing.
0: Yeah, I love one of the books. I know that you, you reference in your book again, it's called sight unseen and you can get this book at Amazon or, um, at her website. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. Both of those links will be in the, uh, contents, uh, of this podcast. Um, but, uh, I mean, I was excited when, And felt confirmation, let's put it that way, when uh, I read things that we were saying and teaching here at New Life Church. Um, uh, But one of the books that you reference is one of the ones that really has become very special to me. It's called Hearing God by Dallas Willard. And um, in his book there, right near the end, he has this wonderful For those of you that are listening today that are preachers and you need a three-point message, listen to me (laughs) right at the back of his book. um, In in the last chapter, he gives a great little three lines. That's a three-point message. I shared it with dad one day. One of those lines is this, that faith is not opposed to fear. It is opposed to sight. And that's exactly what you're talking about because faith isn't the absence of fear. Faith is we're going to obey God in spite of the fear um, and, yeah. and, and we do, we judge, I think we judge things by what we see because we've lost or we haven't learned the concept. And I'm not saying that I've totally learned it, but I'm at least endeavoring to, in that we judge our obedience to the voice of God by the outcome of that obedience instead of just the obedience itself, the act, yeah. you know, yes. the act of obedience is the key regardless of uh, of what happens, and um, another line from his book that um, I want you to speak to for a minute because people are probably maybe listening to us today, and they're they're thinking, man, okay, this whole God said, God told me this, you know, blah blah blah. Does that really happen? And, and folks, I want you to know that God does speak through the Bible, but He speaks beyond the Bible too, and um, I, He is endeavoring and longing for us to unpack all the myriad of ways that he speaks to us. But again, Dallas Willard's book, Hearing God. If God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do to people is tell them that they can have a personal relationship with God. What has been your reaction, or what has been uh, some of the reaction as people have read your book and you talk about having that relationship of of hearing god i mean you've already i made a note you've already hit three different ways that god can Mm -hmm. speak to us besides the bible personally internally um you Mm -hmm. talked about that already in this uh, recording you talked about hearing god through other people yes um and then the one of my favorite ones that people don't spend enough time digging into is hearing god through circumstances letting your circumstances realize that god can speak to you through those um have you had any kind of interaction of people wanting or desiring to um, have a, a deepened connection with God through this conversational lifestyle?
3: Yes, and several people have contacted me. People I've known for a long time after reading the book, <clears throat> and God is speaking to them to step out in something they had they had felt something that He was asking of them. And they were trusting that more. They were listening to Him and responding to something they – maybe they thought it was their own desire, but God had placed it there. And and so, it it has created a hunger in people for that depth of intimacy. And before I forget it, I do want to say something um, about faith. Faith is present tense.
1: Yeah, that's good. It
3: is the step right now, present tense. Right. And that's all we are responsible for, is that next step. Because Paul makes it clear, if we're just dwelling on the future, that's hope.
1: Right. Right.
3: That's where we, have, we place our hope, in Christ. But the step is that one. It's always present tense. Right. And it's not seeing the whole picture. It's seeing the next step and being, as you said, obedient and willing to do that. Yeah. And so that's, that's a, another point that I begin to understand. If when we ask the Lord to increase our faith— he was leading us on an experiential journey of learning what that meant. And it took us back to really basic concepts in Scripture of realizing that it's not sight, that it's the one step but not the next step until he he shows it. And our responsibility always is obedience. Right. Um, but you asked me something else, and I think I've forgotten it already.
0: Well, I was just, I wanted you to talk about just for a minute um, this this idea that God speaks through circumstances. I know you talk yes. about that in your book. Yeah. That's one that we talked about when he read that to me. I was like, wow, because you don't hear that taught a lot. Um, but I believe it, I've lived it. Um, I, I just think that. I would like to hear your your vantage point on God speaking through circumstances
3: well, um, when when God began to stir in us a hunger and moving out, we were it, we had decisions before us. and um, and we felt squeezed. I guess that's one way to put it. Sure. And so God is putting us in a narrow place of of confinement, but a restlessness to break out of that, to have deeper intimacy with Him. And coming to near the end of Lou's career was one of those places where we began to look at the next thing.
2: Mm-hmm. And what
3: would that be? That was a circumstance. But this whole journey of ours was basically living in uh, a circumstance of having to uh, um, trust him in every way and that's what we were supposed to do all the time, but we had never had to live it out in that way and so each each of the of the places we went were a change in our circumstance that uh, it helped us to visualize things differently, to hear God differently, sure. and that was one of one of the the ways that circumstances and and even bringing choices before us. Sure, listening for one on is it this or is it that? Yeah, that's a circumstance sure that we're faced with where we have to. Uh, Somehow hear God speak, and it might be an internal uh, voice. It might be through Scripture. It might through be through another person. Right. I have a friend who's <clears throat> they were facing. This is before I knew her. Uh, her husband was an army chaplain. I mean, yes, an army chaplain, uh, and they realized that they were still in school. Realized that God was leading them to the chaplaincy but they did not know which one. Is this Air Force for us? Is this Navy? Is this Army? Is this Coast Guard? And they were praying about that. And one day, she was walking across a parking lot at Walmart and saw a scrap of paper on on the ground and picked it up with the intention of putting it in the trash can just being the good citizen. Yeah. And when she read the scrap of paper, it said Army. Wow. Mm -hmm. That was the only thing on that paper. (laughs) Yeah. So in that, even that situation of walking across a parking lot, the circumstance of that and having to make a decision, and how did the Lord speak to her? Right. Through a scrap of paper (laughs) she picked up off of a parking lot.
2: Sure. Totally.
3: He can speak any way he wants to.
2: Right.
1: Yes, he can.
3: one of of the things that helped me years ago was in uh, Live a Praying Life by Jennifer Kennedy Dean. And she said, do not trust your ability to hear God trust his ability to speak
2: right totally that's good totally that's good good.
3: and sometimes we place our trust in our hearing sure rather than our trust in his speaking because he can speak he can speak through a scrap of paper on a walmart parking lot yeah and (laughs) and they had a full career
2: that's awesome
3: In the the army.
2: (laughs) You know, I'm thinking as you're talking, Becky, quickly, uh, Jesus, uh, he made a statement, uh, uh, come and learn of me. I think that's a challenge the American church needs to embrace. I think I had to repent when he was taking me through a transformational time of presumptuousness, presuming I knew, but I hadn't taken time to ask or listen properly and uh, he was gracious to me. He always is gracious to us. Yes. But yet in the processing, uh, the point was trying to learn uh, to be obedient in the moment and not think that you have to have it all laid out before you act. Mm-hmm. I think the, the the power of your book to me was you talk about living out of a car. Your home was a car for a period of time. Yes. And, yes. And, and your life was totally your and Lou's life was totally in flux. But yet there there comes through a message of subtleness in the trusting in the the next step that God has for you that and and this is what I've learned he is always ahead of us preparing for our next step. We don't see that until we take the step, and I think that's the aspect of faith that if we can embrace and trust him if we get to know him, he will set us up for what is yet to come if we'll be obedient to step into it as he as he directs us. And I just say that in context to the American church and we don't know what we have coming down the, the line uh, in our nation. We know we're, we're, the nation is in a lot of flux right now and various situations are happening that's sort of disrupting and stirring our nest, if you will, as Christians. And I think more than ever, your, your book is apropos because it's focusing us back to the real root of it all and that is our faith and trust in God. But we need to hear him and we need to know him enough to trust him that if he says, uh, you know, go to this house, you go to this house and see what happens. And glorious things in your book yes. uh, always happen from your obedience. So uh, I don't know how you want to wrap this up. son. Well, but uh,
0: I think it's important for those of you that are listening. Um, as far as hearing the voice of God, you need to understand that it first begins with a relationship with God uh, yes. by accepting um, the truth of the gospel. Um, And accepting Christ as your savior. When that happens, according to the Bible, his spirit comes into you and you become connected to him. Jesus himself said in, um, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. So right at the beginning, Jesus gives the understanding that he talks and those that are connected to him are designed to hear him. And then in John 14, he says, those who love me, do what I say. They keep my commands again that this idea that there is this communicative relationship between God and his people. So he wants to speak to you. So maybe you've come up in a, in an idea that God doesn't speak anymore because because the Bible has been written. Um, I, I, if, that's, if that's where you fit in, I would just encourage you to rethink that scenario because um, the entire scope of the Bible is a, des- is a description of a God who spoke things into existence. Speaking And then he's speaking to people at the end of the book in the last book that we have in the Bible. So to think that now he is suddenly up there and quiet and gone into silent mode for the last several thousands of years. And maybe that's what eternity is going to be, where he unpacks all these thousand years of quietness that he's had for us. That just doesn't, that does not jive. The right. reality, the reality is, is that God wants to speak to you. Our issue is really, we have to accept that we can hear him. And then we have to, like you said, practice listening. Um, I know for me, my prayer journey um, has developed to where I do a lot less talking and a whole lot more yeah. listening. And the more that you listen, the more you realize that that it's an attitude that you live with all the time. It started with me a couple of hours here and there a day. Now it's just all the time. Um, yeah. But but you need to hear the voice of God because Jesus said we are actually sustained by the words of God. Now, listen, maybe you're a lifelong Christian like I have been, but I just want you to please consider this. Jesus makes his statement. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will bear much fruit. What was he talking about when he used the, the word words? if you immediately say the Bible, I'm sorry, you're wrong. It did not exist. When Jesus made that statement, he was talking about a communication, a connection and the connection. I love Dallas Willard. um, in his book, hearing God, um, says that that the Holy Spirit is the string upon which the voice of God travels. Mm. So when you have the spirit of God inside of you, it is there. So you hear his voice. And I want to strongly encourage every one of you listening today to get this book, Sight Unseen. I've read it twice; um, it so fits in and bears witness with the journey that I'm currently on of learning to live by hearing the voice of God. Yours may not be a a prophetic journey like. Lou and, and Becky, you, you may not you you may not be living out of your car. That's not what we're saying. But, no. <laughs> but maybe maybe God wants you to love your neighbor across the street, the person that he keeps putting that idea in your head to go and talk to that person and you just don't do it. The key is learning to be obedient. If if you were to talk to people um that are desiring to hear the voice of God and live this obedient lifestyle, what would be a couple of key points that you would give them to get them started on that journey?
3: I would first say that they make a daily pattern of reading scripture, that they find a a, a pattern that they can follow and that they just read scripture in whatever that pattern might be that God shows them or unfolds for them. And it might be that they just open and start reading in Genesis or start reading in the New Testament, but however the Lord does that, that, that God speaks through Scripture.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And in that process, he, we get sensitive to what uh, His voice is like because we see the character of God in Scripture. And so we know when we hear an internal message from Him, or a message from that someone else says to us, than when we're seeking counsel, we can uh, compare that to what we know about Scripture, what we know about God, right, and understand if we're hearing accurately. And so, the Scripture basis learning. Who God is, his character, getting to know Him, yeah. spending time in prayer, and <clears throat> so often we worry about what to say, yeah, and what God is really interested in is are we willing to listen to him and so I think that's important that if we even if we already have the uh, a time of prayer, uh, l- let's do. Eighty percent, eighty-five percent listening.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: and maybe fifteen percent speaking. Hey, this is good. This is good marriage
0: counseling right here. Look, guys, men, yeah. if you're having issues in your relationship with your wife, it's probably I'm gonna say ninety-nine percent because you're not listening enough, yes. and it's that way with God too. Yeah. We have got to yeah. learn to listen, you know? So read, read the, read the scriptures, which teaches us. Mm -hmm. I'm, I was about to shout because yeah, this is what we've been trying to teach here. The scriptures are designed to teach us the character and the nature of God. Yeah. Okay. And that's what helps you to recognize his voice. Um, spend time praying. And most of that is, is learning to listen. Is there one other key? Let's finish it with a third one that you would encourage people to do.
3: Obey. Is that right <laughs> this
0: yeah. is God uh, <laughs> please buy the books <laughs> no', uh, no
3: yeah. you're, you're a step of obedience because right. that that makes your heart sensitive yeah. to the next thing he wants to say to you
2: right right
3: and so we haven't turned aside from what of, of what God is asking of us if it's just to lean in and, and listen more if it's to start reading a pattern of scripture, uh, start learning about him. Um, But as we hear him and obey what we're hearing, we're more sensitive to hear the next thing. And the other point I would make is allow God to be personal with you.
0: Oh, that's good.
3: Yeah, Because sometimes he spoke to me when he spoke to me it sounded like me <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: right. right totally
3: it was the words the phrase i would have used sure and and that's one way i knew he, he was uh he, it was him speaking he was getting through to me in the way that i would understand it right and so and the other thing that i learned is that <clears throat> In this journey, how God prepared us for it, even right. before he, we actually stepped out and even knew anything about this. Right. Because he had led me in a decade of intense Bible study. Right. And and sometimes Lou would say to me, what are you do- doing? Why are you doing all this? And it's like, I don't know. But I have that hunger to do this. Yeah. And so I was preparing for something I could not see. But that preparation helped so much when he started speaking to recognize him, to um, understand uh, some grasp of what he was doing in our lives. And somehow, I don't know if we were um, hard learners or (laughs) difficult (laughs) to get through, but in some wonderful way. It turned out for us. He led us on an object lesson.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Of what what it means to live by faith. Right. And I can only, (laughs) it it was valuable to us, but I felt like the story was valuable to other people.
0: Totally agree. It doesn't
3: mean that, yes, it doesn't mean (laughs) that God is going to cause you to have a geographical change.
1: Yeah, yes.
3: But he is going to cause your heart to be open to him. Right. And and he's always looking for that even if we never move from our hometown. Sure. He is always looking to move us into a new place with him.
2: Right. Yeah. I agree. Well, and, I, I'm sorry, go ahead, Becky. No.
3: I, I, and that's really what I was trying to communicate. Yeah. It was a, uh, well, you we did a good job looking with it. For a new it's, place,
2: <laughs> it's an excellent job. And I would say, uh, folks, get the book and read it. With I always like a yellow marker. I mark, I highlight because yeah. there's so much that'll that'll uh, jump off the page and talk to you right where you're at. But I want to go back real quick to, to something you said. I, I think that the the, uh, the proof is in the act of obedience. You know, when we obey, then we see. His movement, We see what he said. At supper, whether it's picking up a piece of paper that you think you're going to throw yeah. in the trash. And it's an answer to a prayer, right? And I think the challenge, uh, uh, not the challenge, but the blessing of this book is it shows just simple acts of obedience, one step after another after another, ends up unfolding a glorious story of a preparation for a man called Lou Shirey and his wife, Becky, Rebecca, <laughs> and has set them up now on a broader platform— Uh, with great interaction with people all over the world that uh, their their voice is more poignant, their uh, experiences are more dynamic because of the processing they've gone through. And I don't say they were were relevant to God before, but more now, I think, because of their obedience. And I think there's so much that God has for each of us if we'll just pray and obey. And one other thing quickly that came to my mind as Rebecca was talking, uh, uh, this... Silence is praying. Yeah. He, yeah. Here, here, here's a, a a woman who's journeyed for years having a relationship with God, and yet she she has drawn out the reality, and she does it in this book too. That learning to just be silent. We we think if we're not saying something, nothing's right. happening. Yeah. But the Lord told me when uh, one time when I was going through this transformation time, uh, he said, "I'm seeding you." I'm birthing things in you now that you will recognize in days to come. It's sort of like I had the picture of a chemist and the the little beaker, you know, in a chemistry lab. And and they're putting all the chemicals in, getting ready to produce some kind of reaction. I think that's what it is, Rebecca, when we go and just sit before the Lord and let him seed into us. You use the word soaking. Let him just Mm -hmm. seed into us. And we may not even understand, hear, or, or sense anything at the moment. But yet he has done something that as we step out and follow his directives, we'll see that unfold because we presented ourselves. At least he has us now to do something with, right? And so yes. uh, I just think that's a key element in this whole story, too, is just being silent and obedient to the Lord. So I
0: amen. agree. And I thank you so much for being with us today and talking about this book. Um, for those that want to get it, um, I know you've got a deal going on where you'll actually send them a signed copy. How can they get a hold of that? <laughs>
3: Uh, at my website rebeccashari.com
0: and we're going to put a link there
3: is, we're going to yeah, put a link an in the easy contents. purchase button and when i get that order i will see their name their address all that comes straight to us i will get the book and i will sign it for them Well, and then we will mail it to them.
0: Okay. So folks, you can go to her website again. going to put the link here in the description of the podcast. Um, I would encourage you to do it that way. If you choose to, you can also get it on Amazon. We'll put the link uh, there as well. But I encourage you to get the book. And one more time, living life, listening to the voice of God is the coolest way to live. I think it's it's the best way to live. All right. Becca, thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Renewed You podcast. Build a relationship with God. Get yourself healthy physically, mentally, and spiritually, because the world needs a Renewed You. We'll see you next time on the Renewed You podcast.